Honey, the podcast. I don't have time. You are? You're it such a mom. Mad? <laughs> means we ain't gonna have sex tonight. Wait, y'all's dads who lived at your house? <laughs> oh. Oh, shit. Oh. It's oh, a no. burn. Oh, no. It's, it's a mood is what it is. <laughs> It's a mood. Les miserables. Well, I was going to continue, but never mind. Soiled it with your childhood trauma. Oh. Wait, you know your dad? What? Say what? Oh. oh that's, that's terrible. Dads. All right, honeybees. So we are back for another episode of the Sweetest Honey Podcast. <laughs> And we are joined by our guest and co-host for this episode, Melody. Melody, say hello. Oh, hi. All right. And Melody, tell everybody how you identify and your pronouns. Um, My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as pansexual polyamorous. Oh, look at that. Polyamorous and pansexual. It's a whole adventure. Polysexual. I am no. I'm not that. That is a thing. It's like pentasexual. You know, if you have like a poly gone. (laughs) No, that's not it. But it is a thing. It would be that if you loved five, five people. Would it be five or would it be four? Because Penta is just five. Are you included with the Are other you, people? Well, that's what I was asking you. You didn't phrase it like a question. See, said, this, this is, is why when. they don't. This is why they don't give numbers. <laughs> they give descriptors there because you go. a bunch oh. of scientists were nerding out about this shit and were like, "Polly, it mini. was me. Just call it, just call it mini. It was me. Good enough. Totally a scientist. I'm okay, scientist. so for people that do not understand what polyamory or pansexuality are, can you give them kind of a layman's term definition? So the way that I define pansexual is um, I love someone because of who they are as a person. I don't really see gender when it comes to my attraction to a person. Like I, of course, respect and observe, you know, the different orientations of people or their, you know, what gender they identify with. But when it comes to who I fall in love with, it's not I'm about attracted the P to. Or about yes. The no, there is. It's just oh, that's a person, and mm-hmm. oh, it's also a woman, or that's a person, it's also a man. Perfect. So I don't see it. Okay, and Allison and I would, um, we identify as monogamous. So monogamy for us, the way that we identify it, um, because I feel like all of these different structural types can kind of be on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So monogamy for us is we only (laughs) love each other. We are in an exclusive relationship. We don't date other people. We only are intimate with one another. Don't fucking flirt with my wife. There you, because she will stab you like it's kind of scurry. So on the, another end of the spectrum, is polyamory so give your take on polyamory so polyamory is the capacity to love more than one person Mm -hmm. and so um or i mean for me it's just two people but for some people it's lots of people and for some people it involves a marriage um to someone either opposite gender or same gender it really just depends Lots of people practice it lots of different ways. Um, that's the thing about polyamory. There are lots of different aspects within polyamory that people identify with. Right. And something else that's interesting about Melody's uh, relationship and sexual preferences is these are sort of newish discoveries for you. So walk us through a little bit about the identity of your sexuality and coming into it over time. Um, so I... 
was attracted to both men and women from a really early age. Um, but I grew up in a very um, conservative, religious setting. It wasn't necessarily just my home, but like I went to private school for a long time and um, all of anything considered, you know, homosexual was wrong and it was stifled from a really early age. And so like I can remember, you know, having feelings for girls in my class and then going to a chapel service where they, you know, that was talked about as wrong. Yeah. And then it kind of even continued into high school. I just remember being in choir with my first girlfriend and we would be holding hands in church and it would be a sermon about hellfire and brimstone and the queers and the et cetera, et cetera, going to hell. And so I, you know, that of course is traumatic. Yeah, um, DM us on Instagram if y'all want tickets because we still have a couple seats left on the bus straight to hell. Right, the the absolutely. Game, so. Like, I'm let's go. Driving. I'm ready. <laughs> You're driving. Well, it just you know that's just a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming from a very um, small town, conservative area, that was the norm. It wasn't the norm to be loving and accepting. It was the norm to, you know, be be heterosexual and monogamous. Period. And a discussion. That was it. You know. Mm-hmm not even divorce was acceptable. It was just, everything was sinful. And so for me, from an early age, that, um, kind of confused me about how I felt about myself. Cause I didn't know what was quote unquote right and wrong, mm-hmm. but I had been taught and, you know, by my parents and a lot of my family members, like to be loving. That was always the number one thing is to love people. As long as it's not a sexual way towards somebody that has the same thing in their pants that you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. It was like, you know, but but they were it was good it was okay for other people but it wasn't okay for us like they were very accepting of like my friends in high school that were obviously gay that's how it always is in southern families though right (laughs) it's okay as long as it's not you yeah i mean my parents were the same i feel like the same way like when my cousin came out they were super super kind to her like had her over at the house all the time but then when i came out it was like that's exactly how I felt. It was okay for her, but it's not okay for me. Yeah. And that's part of it. When you first remember having feelings for girls? Uh, like seven-ish? Maybe? Seven? Yeah, like seven, eight, nine, that area. What is that, like third grade? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like third grade. So when you, babe... When do you remember first having feelings for girls? I don't ever remember having feelings for anybody and there was not a girl I had feelings for. So earliest that I can remember by first name, last name, what she wore, what she was like, I was six. Like I was in the first grade. Really? Mm-hmm. See, and like now that I look back on some experiences, I'm like, oh. But I was aware <laughs> was... that that was how I felt at the time. I was like, no. I feel the same way about her as I do about the other, you know, person yeah. that's over here that I want to hold hands See, with. No, it wasn't until I got to college that I was like, oh. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, no. And growing up, there was always a girl that I had a all, like 100% yeah. of the time there was yeah. a girl that I had a crush on. Yep, yeah. every time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I knew. And I would even have boyfriends and they'd be like, yeah, but mm-hmm. you ain't her though. Right. But I still, I mean, I was always attracted to men. Like when it came to, because you know, you have like little kid feelings. You're like, yeah. you want to write this person a note and like, and then you want to touch this person's hair. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was always just a person, but then it'd be a girl or it'd right. be a person, but then it'd be a boy. Right. And so, um, like I remember a specific friend, like 
being really close and like experimenting in things like children do mm-hmm. totally happens didn't know that that was like normal until i was in therapy and my therapist was like kids do that yeah. it's called exploration they're like, like when kids are out. masturbating See? when they're little yes. sensation yes. i mean like everything yes. everything's so perverse yes. we do and especially like the religious aspect of yep. it like i felt such guilt for years mm-hmm. uh for like experience i had i had as a kid you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Oh, because like sex is bad and yep. you shouldn't do this and you yep. shouldn't do that and like oh I got in oh, trouble I so like I mean it. I'm this is like leaning more just talking about sex in general but like mm-hmm. I got in trouble for masturbating did you oh yeah I was punished like every I time. never yeah. I don't know that I was ever caught masturbating before so I never had that experience with it well I wasn't doing it right because I always got caught <laughs> every time or maybe or you maybe weren't doing it right, right. <laughs> Shit. Well, but I remember that, like, that's that's a really young memory. Like, I remember mm. being in my childhood bedroom, like, childhood bedding, and remember, my, like, them coming in and me getting in trouble. Hmm. So, so that's a whole other podcast yeah. talking about childhood. You can come back and talk about sexual feelings when we're and fucked up as kids. Yeah, Absolutely. and like, and how it, because I mean, it, I was scared. I mean, I still am not even fully out. Like, that's, and you know, it goes all the way back to that. We were also talking about something else, and I just went off track. What That's okay. We were talking about um, religion. Oh, the religion, yes. Was, is, and as early as you remember. Yes. So you were, you were still on task about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, all of us have had, like, all these, like, weird experiences with everything. So going in, back into the transition, so, you know, we've kind of addressed <laughs> coming from a more conservative background for yes. sure, um, really heavy on religion, and then still having feelings even as a small child for other girls. Um, so how did that kind of, like, over the years, because I know we talked a little bit about this before we started to record, mm-hmm. just the transition between trying to, you know... How was that transition from did you just date guys after kind of feeling more repressed about that and tried to stick with that because it was normal or walk us through that? Yeah, so that's a complicated road. Uh So like middle school, like I finally got real cute and like I got braces and I got contacts and I had highlights Mm -hmm. and I had been in private school like pre-K through six grade. So I thought I was in such I was like in groups of, you know, 15, 18 kids I felt like the ugly girl, like I was small and I was chubby. And then I kind of started to fill out and I went to middle school and was like, oh, boys everywhere. They want to hold my hand and kiss me. This is attention. This validates me. Like you're mm-hmm. in middle school. That's right. what you look for is that companionship. So <clears throat> I would have like feelings for girls and I'd be like, no, 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 no. Jesus is mad at you. That's wrong. You're going to hell. No, 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 no. And I'd be at sleepovers and stuff and then be like, nope, no, no, no. Because, I mean, it's, you can't help how you feel. Like, yeah. that's who you are. And in your ear, you've got, the devil's going to kill Yeah, it's like, you're going to. I mean, we went to judgment <laughs> houses every year. Like, do you, did you guys do judgment houses? No. Okay. Do you know what a judgment house is? No. Okay, pause for a second. So, this is some yeah, fucked up like southern houses. stuff. What is this? So every year house. around Halloween, instead of going to a haunted house, you went to a judgment house. And it was literally like a haunted house set up in a church, except it was all about, like, there was always i can't believe you you don't know about this so your face right, right now is like the right. best thing i've ever seen what? so like they the would emojis this is right like yes so they would set it oh like it is white people oh love so they would so you go into the so you get there you fill out a card you put your name on it it was weird and then you would go to the beginning of it and it's like every room was different and so they had sheets up in the hallways and it felt like i mean it looked like a haunted house but you would go to these different scenes and i mean it was gnarly like there'd be a car wreck 
and you'd be watching somebody die. You would watch someone die in the operating room. It would be a, a group of teenagers. It was... Sorry, I just hit the mic. It's fine. It would be... Leia, like a bo- bottle of alcohol or something. Yeah. There'd be another lady yeah. who had like a bottle of pills to the side yeah. or like drugs. Like they or, show the story and then and you'd then, watch them die. Yeah. And then like one of the very last parts is like a lady getting an abortion. Yeah. What? It's like... But yeah. it would be different everywhere you went. It would be like yeah. these big life-changing scenarios. Right. And so then you would go to heaven with some of them. And like your name was written in the Lamb's Book yep. of Life, and then you would go to hell, yep. and they would put you in a hallway. How this is why this is why not in therapy just from that experience. This is why we are the way we are because oh like where I grew up, it was it was mostly prevalent like Baptist churches. Mm-hmm. It was always maybe there were other churches that did it, but I always remember being there. And so you'd go to heaven. Well, then you go to hell, and hell would be this hallway, and they would like turn on heaters and it would be completely dark and they would have recordings playing of like demons yelling (laughs) yeah and they would be blood curdling screams and all this stuff and then at the end you would go into a chapel and then supposedly give your life to jesus yeah what the conversion camp but they would also at the end of it i can't believe you never heard of this at the end of it they would read your name back and be like uh blah 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 is your name written in the lamb's book of life this is narration going on yeah I mean, these kids are having emotional, yeah. traumatic experiences because this is traumatic as fuck. What? Yeah. It's really fucked yeah. up. I thought everybody knew what a judgment house was. No. Yeah, I thought everybody knew. So we need to know to y'all that are listening, please like add us on Instagram or whatever, uh, DM us and let us know if y'all have ever been to a judgment house or if you're seeing it it slash hearing it for the first time what? just like tiffany because that's and let nuts. us know your you like knew. ethnicity or like your cultural background because yeah. i'm just curious about the polls at this point because as a, i have never in my life hashtag I, white people right hashtag white people hashtag white people so yeah, that was the culture <laughs> that i grew up in and yeah. like so by the time oh, i got to high school man. we would go and like write down these ridiculous names like stripper name type things so they would have to read them out loud <laughs> because we would just we would it would be like shamiqua is your name written we'd be like i'm trying to remember one time mine was like it was like like foofy or something i mean like we would do shit like that we would be like veronica is your name veronica juicy or something like like the most random we thought we were so funny i think somebody like would put miss jackson one time and like miss jackson i'm sorry miss jackson is your name written in the last book of life yeah that's what that's what it is so growing up in a religious background like that obviously shaped me a lot (laughs) and my sexuality because I was going to hell. Well, then when I started high school, I met, um, my first girlfriend Mm -hmm. and we both, we were in church choir together and youth group together and praise team together. Duh. Ain't no gayer kids than the kids in church and the kids in band. Ain't no gayer than the, you, it is (laughs) band, (laughs) band kids. So arts kids in general, Uh but mostly band and theater kids and the church kids. Yep. All the gays. All the gays. I had two, two come out of my, uh, my youth-led praise team. Yeah, did you? We lead, love a did community. You, did you lead the youth in praise? I did. Uh huh. Did yeah, you see how this heathen turned out? Right. Well, listen, the gays love a community, <laughs> and so the gays find a community and just flock yeah. to it. And we're like, oh, this is where the party at. Anyone to love us and support us, please don't hate us. We're sorry. Please don't ask me who us. I want to sleep with, but Jeez. hey, Jesus loves me too. Right. And or so hey, like the ones here's that this guy. Work the hardest. <sighs> Mm, that's crazy so so we were in all this stuff together high school band and praise team and Mm -hmm. choir and 
ladies ensemble, like a girls ensemble, we sang it together and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And we would be sitting in church holding hands, here, listening to a sermon, you know, condemning us to hell. And mm-hmm. I, that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. And essentially, without getting too much. So I knew I liked girls. And then over the next couple of years, um, I would like have crushes, but I wouldn't act on them. And I would date guys to... Sometimes because I actually liked them and wanted to be with them, and then sometimes to act as a way for people to not ask me if I was gay. Because, mm-hmm. like, all the people in my friend circle had boyfriends pretty much except right. me. And then, like, my best friend, but she just was way too smart to ever date. She figured it out. Like, she didn't date till college. Mm-hmm. So, um, when... And then, um, I actually had a youth minister mm-hmm. who, long story short, abused me. But kind of convinced me that I wasn't gay because it wasn't God's plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then proceeded to emotionally and sexually abuse me for the next, like, three years. Jeez. So, that's cool. Therapy's awesome. It makes you get over shit. Shout out to therapy. Shout out to therapy. Everybody needs to go to therapy. It should be required of every human on the planet. Thanks so much for the PSA. Um, But, (laughs) so I thought, that's when I was like, okay, I'm done. And so, like, my... So, I... I kind of had a drinking problem in high school. I drank way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dealing with a lot of things by right. drinking. Yeah. I also, during all of that, was in a long-term abusive relationship with one of my high school band directors. Mm-hmm. So that was another layer of like, yeah. oh, you must be straight because right. this person you look up so much, therapy is awesome. Mm-hmm. Therapy is awesome. Shout so anyway, out shout out to therapy. So we won't get into all that. But it caused me to say like, so by my senior year, I was like, Skirt, no more drinking. Like, spring of that year. It was, like, my New Year's resolution. And then I, like, I was totally clean and sober and straight, just like the Lord intended, which Jesus Jesus ain't care about that. He ain't care about that. So I get to college, and very quick, like, I stay sober my first semester and part of the second semester. And then, of course, like most people in college, I was like, oh, I'm just going to have one. Here we are on mm-hmm. on some beer. But anyway, it's fine because I was I was finally like not crazy binge drinking anymore and like just I just high school was hard. High school was really fucking hard. Yeah. I had a lot of repression. Yeah. So get to college, second semester, start drinking a little bit, then start realizing like, oh, these feelings never went away. Mm-hmm. Ever. Um, I had my first college boyfriend, had zero self-esteem mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, for because right. trauma. Um and he broke up with me, and I thought the world was going to end. And then after that, I was like, wait mm-hmm. a minute. No, really still like girls. Never stop liking girls. Mm-hmm. Is this bad? Mm-hmm. It can't be bad if I still feel this way. And, like, I've begged God. Like, I prayed every night in high school. Oh. Like, please take it away. Fix me. Cure me. Like, no, bitch. It's okay that you're gay. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't know because I didn't have a model in my life to tell me it was okay. Mm-hmm. I would had two very powerful men who abused their power in my life say it's not okay. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. This is what mm-hmm. you do instead, which was also all fucked up. So, right. um, so college, I'm starting to realize like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I dated some guys. I dated some girls. I was only fooling myself to be like, I was fooling myself to be like, yeah, you don't like girls. So if you don't talk about it, mm-hmm. like no one's going to know. Right. So then I finally met my main college girlfriend, we'll say, mm-hmm. um, and was like, oh, okay, I can do this. But she was, at the time, we're friends now. We're totally chill. She's awesome. But at the at time, the time. <laughs> she was a college freshman. I was a college, I may have been a senior. Well, it was like my first senior year. 
Because some of us have two senior years. Don't judge. (laughs) I'm successful in my career now. I just, school was hard and I partied a lot. Um, But it made me realize like, oh, I, I, even though she wasn't ready to be open in a relationship with a woman, Mm -hmm. I was. And so I thought, okay, I must be a lesbian. And she would even say, and we have since resolved it, but she would even say like, when are you going to come out? And I was like, I'm as out as I'm going to be. Like, I'm dating you Mm -hmm. out. What do you mean? Like, because... That's probably the first time I realized, and I started researching, like, what pansexuality was. And Mm -hmm. I think I had just read something about it on the internet. I think I was on Tumblr or some other emo shit at the time, (laughs) feeling my feelings. Tumblr is still, like, a big thing now. Oh, yeah, but it was, like, yeah, it was, like, early stages of Tumblr. And I think it was just for, like, the nerds and the gays and the emos, because I go on and I'm like, oh, my feelings, I don't know. And I read something about pansexuality and how you didn't see gender, and I was like, hmm. Okay, I'm that. Because when you said the words bi, if you're a girl who was bi in college and you were the little, the least bit looking cis and cute, you were well, a you're just girl who just wanted to make out with girls at parties. You just wanted to make out with girls at parties and yeah. you didn't know for real. And so when I read pansexual, I was like, oh, that feels more like me because I've never identified as a lesbian mm-hmm. or as a straight woman. I've identified as. I really just love people. And like, like, oh, a person. And yeah. I like this person. And not yeah. like, oh, I like her because she's a, like, I'd be like, oh, she's got like nice boobs. She's got a nice booty. Like, yeah. Her skin is really soft. And right. So being like, oh, like, because I am very particular sometimes about the type thing. Yeah. As far as like but, masculine energy, feminine energy, whatever. Yeah. And so I guess I never really ever had a type. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of where it started was never having a type. So right. then um, I... We broke up because it was a hot mess and no thanks. And then I fell in love with a friend of mine who happened to be a man who is now my husband. Mm -hmm. And he is the best. Um, We had Uh. been friends for a long time and had just dated a bunch of idiots, as I have mostly described in college. He's painfully introverted Mm -hmm. and super private. Like, people have worked with him for years and been like, you married? (laughs) And, like, if they would have paid attention, like, he's wearing a ring. But he's just not... He's just very private. Yeah. He doesn't, he's very introverted and he loves dogs and like five people. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to be like me, Out you know, there. never meet a stranger. Like bring this up and knowing that it's going to yes. make it a drawn out conversation. Yeah, no, he doesn't do small talk. He yeah. like will slowly get to know someone, kind of like a cat. Like he'll just kind of <laughs> sneak in and then be like, okay, I'm not going to murder you. Mm. Very much like maybe a cat. Maybe you can scratch me for a minute. That's like enough maybe I'll tolerate you for a second and I'll be, I'll introduce him to someone and be like, you love her, right? And he's like, yeah, she was okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, you don't like people, so I have to remember that that's just not Yeah, you she's okay. It's, it's a big thing. Yeah, it's a big deal. He was like, well, I didn't say I hated her. Yeah. I just said she's okay. Yeah. She's not bad because that's who he is. But he's very, that's just his personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were together for eight months, and then all of a sudden he, he had just gone back to um community that he had been with before, and they have these ridiculous parties just like Theme parties, they're outlandish. Everybody gets so trickety trash. It's like the hangover, but real life. And so he comes home from that, and I'm like, oh, he's definitely, like, hooked up with some girl or whatever. And then that night he told me he loved me, and the next day we were looking at engagement rings. Ah. So I was like, okay, I guess I am going to marry a dude. Like, I never, ever, ever considered. I mean, it just... I wasn't that girl that like. Is it that my you wedding. never thought that you were gonna get married and it was a reality, or you never really envisioned yourself being married to a guy? Because I'll tell you mm. personally, I always felt like I might get married. Never thought about what my wedding would be like, but it was never to a person necessarily. 
It was a little bit of both, I think. Okay. A little bit of both. Not to, like, an object, but to, like, what the person would look like. And yeah. And like, like, discovering, like, lesbian, but still, you know. It, I don't know. It's weird. It's a little bit of both. Like, I never saw myself getting married, and I never saw myself marrying a guy. Right. Like, I just never thought I would be tied down because, like, I love everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm very just... I don't know. I feel like I have a great capacity to love and make friends and mm-hmm. share my personality and get close to people. And mm-hmm. I enjoy that. And relationships are really important to me. So I just never thought oh, there's one person I'm just going to be with. Yeah. But that would be cool if I did. Mm-hmm. Well, and so it's funny because like I had never, you know, I thought about the pan- pansexuality thing and I had mentioned it to a few people and they're like, yeah, that's not real. And I was like, cool, never mind. I'm going to keep that in my heart for me. Mm-hmm. That sucks. I'm going to journal about it. Yeah, no one's going to take me seriously because... I mean, social media has put so many things out in the universe that people didn't even realize. And that's right. why it's so important. Yeah, that unless it directly it affected them. People yes. yes. And so I never, I just thought, okay, in my heart, I know I'm pansexual, but I guess maybe I'm bi-ish. I don't mm. know. Hey, we were talking, it was before we got engaged, because we were together like um, a, a year when we got engaged, or two years. I don't remember. We've been together almost... 10 years this mm-hmm. fall. He said it. He brought it up. He was like, because I can't remember what I said. I think we were both checking out a woman probably. Mm-hmm. And I said something and he was like, I mean, or I, I, th- I can't remember if I apologize. I don't remember the specific thing. I just remember him saying like, well, yeah, aren't you bi? Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> what? Because I'd never even said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Like I was afraid to even because of all the trauma. Yeah. Keep hitting this. Gesturing wildly is what I do. So I never... I just didn't even consider it. Um, but then over the years, I've gotten a lot more comfortable talking about it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a cis-looking white woman, right. you can talk about yeah stuff more freely, unfortunately. Yeah. People are more accepting of it. Like, well, I guess you're kind of normal. What the fuck does that mean, by the right. way? Um, so then I guess there's kind of like, how did we get to this? Where, oh, okay, well, I'm married to a man, but I'm pan. But mm-hmm. now, oh, I'm not monogamous. Mm-hmm. And I guess monogamy to me was always just, that's the thing you do. Mm-hmm. You, the default. You marry someone, you have two kids, you get a dog on a fence, and you live your life. Mm-hmm. And that just, that can't be all there is, right? And that can't be the only way. Like, that makes no sense. Obviously, I was always still attracted to women, but, like, we talked pretty freely about it. He's mm-hmm. always been very understanding. We've always had a great sex life. It's never been, like, a thing for me. Like, I'll joke around and be like, oh, he's the only man I'm attracted to. He's not. Mm-hmm. But I go through... You kind of asked earlier, like, well, how did you know? I go through phases. So, like, I remember in middle school being like, boys, because public school and you could hold hands and kiss in public. Yep. May have had a factor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, crazy boys. And then in high school, it was like... A little bit of both. It would kind of go back and forth. But I remember having some really strong, probably hormonal, let's mm-hmm. be honest. They're teenagers. They or situational. I mean, you talked a lot about trauma. What was going on in right. your life? Was anything triggering that yes. made you more adverse to male-female yeah. relationships versus women that made you, you know, or girls that made you feel yes. more comforted? Well, I think there were probably times that girls did make me feel more comforted. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, my first true sexual experience was with a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, first romantic and sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And then I remember as a child, you know, doing things with girls my age. Mm-hmm. Those were my first big sexual experiences. Yeah. And then I had some with guys, and it was like, oh, okay, well, but I I like that. I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that. Not just that feels good, but, like, I enjoy yeah. that. I want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once we were married, it was like I wasn't – I didn't feel like I was missing out on it per se, mm-hmm. but I felt like 
there was something that I hadn't connected with. Right. Like, I had figured out, oh, okay, I'm pansexual. Cool, that feels like me. That feels mm-hmm. very good. But that doesn't feel like all there is. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know. Yeah. Until I kind of fell for my girlfriend. And it made me realize that I do have the capacity to love more than one person. I didn't even know what it was. Right. She looked it up. She was like, have you ever heard of polyamory? And I was mm-hmm. like, no, is that what I am? Like, mm-hmm. is that, I, I've never heard of, cause I, I mean, I guess I had heard of it, but you live in your bubble. Yeah. It's like, what does your bubble involve? And it doesn't, you know, it just never crossed my radar. Right. And also there was a time that you couldn't even say that you were bisexual because right. even gay people would be like, you are... You're just greedy. You don't know what you want. Pick you're, a side. You're so selfish. Pick you a just, side. You can't make a decision. Here's your judgy Jewish grandma. You're just selfish. <laughs> you just want penises I'm and vaginas. Pick a side. You just you can't need have, to pick a yeah, side. You can't have everything. Oh, okay, well, that's your problem. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Right. I can yeah. do what I want. And you're like, technically, as long as there's consent, I can do whatever the hell I want right. to do with however so, many of us I choose. 100%. So, just so, like, everybody understands, so the polyamory doesn't mean that you have multiple... In your case, you don't have... Y'all don't interact in your relationships. Like, so every, again, it's something else that's on a spectrum. Yes. So we're just speaking about specifically right, her yeah. dynamic. Yeah, no, she's that's asking. Right. That's right. why so, I specified. Okay. So currently, we well, currently I so she is married mm-hmm. to a man. Mm-hmm. We have no nope mm-mm, like no sexual attraction there. Mm-hmm. I care about him a lot. He's important to me, but we don't sexually interact in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, they do. She and I do. Currently, we are navigating the waters of my two relationships and how they communicate with one another. Mm -hmm. Therapy is awesome. We will get there. Mm -hmm. It is delicate because it is a new discovery Mm -hmm. and there's, you know, you, you don't, in my mind, I'm like, well, I could have planned for this, but obviously I couldn't have, but that's my personality is I want to organize every single person and thing to be in my control Mm -hmm. and then I feel at peace. Mm -hmm. And so I try to do that and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. with relationships and love and sex because it is, Messy. It's so fucking messy. Emotions are messy. Mm. There's so many feelings. Communication is difficult, and you need a... If you're already not great with communication, that could make or break your relationship, for sure. Just like we talked about in our last episode. Mm -hmm. That's really hard. Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah. You should read it. Second shout-out. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just... it takes navigation. So yeah. how was introducing that into, you can, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but how did you come to the, I'm married and this is where we are. I'm making this discovery about my preference for relationship dynamics. How did you bring that up to your husband and what was the reception? Um, it, it, mm, I did not gracefully bring it up. Mm-hmm. It was not well received initially. Mm-hmm. It is becoming more well received. It is very delicate. Because this is not something that I could have brought up or anticipated Mm -hmm. because I didn't know. And I mean, part of me thinks like, had I not to blame anything that's happened to me, I'm not a victim. I, therapy is awesome. I'm overcoming the things that happened to me, but I spent most of my life like hiding Mm -hmm. from everything about myself because I was told I wasn't okay. And so even though I was married and I am still married to someone that I care about deeply and trust with my whole life, I have been conditioned to believe that I am not safe or I'm not enough or mm-hmm. I am 
what I feel is not right or normal. And so instead of feeling comfortable with that, I got scared because I didn't even want to feel it, much less have to talk to anybody else about it. Like Mm -hmm. nobody, it's kind of like once it, once I realized it was going on, I just stuffed it back down. Kind of like when I thought, okay, I'm not gay. No, 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 no. I'm not gay. Get back in there. Like shut the, shut the jar. And to kind of piggyback onto you talking about hiding, it also sounds like a lot of your relationships, whether they were familiar relationships or, you know, romantic relationships also had to do a lot with prioritizing your partner's feelings and not your own. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds very much like people pleasing. Uh, yes, 100. Mm-hmm. So if you have ever taken the four tendencies personality quiz, I'm an obliger. Mm-hmm. That is who I am. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to look that up to know what it means. Mm-hmm. Just think about the word oblige. I just want to make everyone happy. Right. And I want to take care of everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and if you do the Enneagram, I'm a one wing two. One is the logical, structural, organized, anal retentive. That's not always the positive part, but you know, right. that person. And then the two is the... Let, what can I do for you? Let me help you. Like the mothering, nurturing. If you're taken care of, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I don't get to me. So right. so that caused me to not feel... I didn't really trust myself. It wasn't so much not trusting my husband with those feelings. I didn't trust me. Because mm-hmm. I thought, this can't be right. Like this... Right. You know, it's only about me and not anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know how to feel about it. It's a right. lot. But... As I said, therapy is awesome. I have a wonderful therapist who gets it, yeah. who is very, doesn't know a lot about, you know, the dynamics of non-monogamous relationships, mm-hmm. of ethical non-monogamy, um, and is learning a lot about it, but also, like, asks a lot of questions yeah. and wants to be sure that she understands because she doesn't personally deal with it. So mm-hmm. she's wonderful. I love yeah. her. And therapy is still a practice. So, you know, yes. that's mm-hmm. something new for her to have in her yes. Rolodex and her arsery. But she's her, so... Her arsery? arsery? <laughs> <sighs> new word of the day. Arsenal? Was it arsenal? Arsery. Yeah. yeah it was. I liked arsery better. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about setting things on fire. I don't know. Arson. Arsery. Sorcery. Uh, arsery. I don't know. Making an ass of yourself. Instead of like <laughs> dumbass arsery, arsery. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's the English version. Indeed. Arsery. <laughs> God oh, bless America. God. <laughs> uh, okay, so if we're getting back into the serious mode here, that I'm not friggin' tripping all over words and whatnot. It's all good. So that seems like a lot to you yeah. know be trying to process, and I'm sure that that's. A process and it's a lot of unpacking. So your husband, does he identify with the polyamory? Does he feel the capacity to love more than one person or is he a selfish lover like myself? He is Mm. monogamous, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. And I thought that he might be. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that might... At first I kind of felt guilty because I was like, I'm being selfish. But then I realized it's not that. Mm -hmm. I don't... The thing that... I'm trying to help him understand and I'm trying to still understand is like my love for you does not take away from or add like my love for you is my love for you. It's separate. It's a totally separate thing Mm -hmm. and you give me everything I need in one way and she gives me everything I need in a different way. And it's not that anyone's lacking in any department. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like I have more love to give, but I've always had like really passionate relationships with people Mm passionate friendships, like really caring, deep friendships Mm -hmm. that were completely platonic that are just amazing friendships that I don't know, like I felt as close to that person as I did with someone that I was sexually intimate with. That's just how I love people. Mm -hmm. And so I guess if I had known, 
if I had been less afraid of those feelings earlier on, that maybe I would have explored this right. mm-hmm. and not been afraid to talk about it. But it was taboo. I mean, I couldn't even talk about liking girls. Yeah. So how would I feel comfortable talking about stuff that even probably some people in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus movement don't feel comfortable talking about? Right. I mean, Polly, I feel like in a lot of ways to some people could be the new bisexual well you just want everything right yeah well no if it were that simple i would attention seeking yeah if it were that simple i would just cheat on my husband with lots of people yeah all the time sure perfect that's not what i want i don't i don't want to do that yeah and if people work that out and have an open marriage and that's what happens that's not cheating and good for you and you Mm -hmm. live your life but you just it's just a whole thing to navigate and try to figure out and like some days i think i know the answer to a question and then other days i have to kind of reevaluate what I believe and what I need. Mm-hmm. So honeybees that were listening a couple episodes ago, you remember when I told you we are all these tiny little children like running around in our like parents outfits and stuff we like that. Yeah. We're adult still bodies. those little children in our little adult bodies still trying to figure out ways that we grow, ways that we love, ways that we evolve. Mm. We're always, always, always changing. And it's completely okay if, you know, monogamy is not for you. Um, I don't know how like into podcasts and everything that you are, but another um, podcast uh, series that I really, really like or channel or whatever, the Savage Love Cast with Dan Savage. Okay. Super, super precious gay dude. I love him. He is hilarious. He is sarcastic, gives sex relationships like you call in with an issue. They discuss it. Sweet. Always does like a political thing in the top. But check that out. something that he, you know, I mean, and it's just everybody talking about, you know, hey, Dan, me and my wife have been, you know, trying to figure out how to have sex with other people. And it's just really candid, you know, open discussion, no judgment or anything like that. He is happily married like his husband's super hot like his husband is at, butt ass naked on Instagram all the time he'll like his pictures he'll share his <laughs> that's pictures that's a true story that's their, uh, naked, naked all the time like, he's, and he is beautiful he's be- they're both hot that's um, awesome but like his husband Terry is like this big buff guy I mean like asses out all the time he's always in chaps he models he's gorgeous I think Dan is absolutely adorable they're super cute um, and you know they don't practice monogamy you know they're just like um, something that we get kind of caught up in in you know cis hetero you know heteronormative relationships is that monogamy is the default and that you know especially like in the community it's really it's easier for us since it's already kind of under the queer umbrella to you know come out that way so again that kind of goes back into the visibility and everything like that so you know just explore that I wish that more people would kind of explore that if that's something that it is that they're feeling um so then that way you can have these discussions you can put a name to it you can you know be like this this is what my needs are Mm -hmm. so you know how can we navigate this because this is something that I know about myself and you know you know but uh as a monogamous person I do you know it, it is almost a fearful thing to think like uh, you can't be oh and this was the other thing that he said you can't one person can't be everything to someone else mm, mm-hmm. so a lot of that is fulfilled you know if you're in a polyamorous mm-hmm. relationship if you're missing more of the you know mm. this type of energy or this type of situation or you know this person enjoys doing these activities I and thought about that yeah yeah and that's one of those things that I'm always kind of like Oof. and I hope that the things that I lack are not going to be things that end up being to the deck I mean that's all it's just well, like in the I back think, of my head I think when that. it comes to that like you're gonna find what you need mm-hmm. and you may just not be sexual with another person but you may find that in a friendship exactly or in an activity you do right. and so for me it was just like oh I finally feel like I understand who I am because of how I love these two people. Right. Whereas 
like I just never knew that there was more to discover about myself and how I love mm-hmm. and how I want to be loved. Yeah. Until I until everything happened the way it did. Yeah. So. So how would uh, like let's say y'all found a third person or or you found a third person? <laughs> how do you think you would navigate that? Oh, I have no idea. We have discussed it. <laughs> yeah, excellent discussion. Okay, well, we are going to go ahead and branch off here, so I'm not sure if we'll release these at the same time or one after the other, but for now, y'all know where to find us. Instagram, sweetesthoney.love. Uh, we're also on Twitter. Email us at ohoney2018 at gmail.com, uh, and you can always visit us at our website, sweetesthoney.love. So we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.